Hello Sobertown, this is Todd Crafter. I'm a blog and podcast contributor at SobertownPodcast.com, a sobriety resource built by a community from the I Am Sober app. I've been on a rampage to learn, to grow, and to help anybody I can through my own process of recovery from alcohol. If you'd like to reach me for any questions or comments, please email me at SoberAustralia at gmail.com. Today's podcast is called Your Brain is an Untrained Dog. So your brain is an untrained dog. As with a dog, your brain will be one of three things when it comes to impulse control, depending on how well you have trained it. One, a well-tamed and well-restrained canine who sits patiently and understands the human food is not their food and who knows they will be fed soon enough. Two, poorly trained mutt who whines and jumps up and cries for food they know they're not supposed to have, but cannot beat the impulse to whinge and moan in the slight chance it means they may get a morsel of food. Or three, a savage beast who not only whines and moans about food, but at any given opportunity will gladly snatch a biscuit from a young child's hand, even if it means a risk of harming the child. A totally untrained mongrel who would bite the hand that feeds it for one tiny fleeting chance at satiating the internal drive to consume at any and all opportunities as though they would never be fed again and today was their last day on earth. Your brain is an untrained dog. To repeat Dr. Huberman, the human brain is not optimized for making good decisions. Knowledge of this fact is very helpful in knowing how to train and control its irrational thoughts before they lead to unwanted actions. Let's look briefly at taste. Our sense of taste serves two main functions. It enables us to evaluate foods for toxicity and nutrient content, and it prepares our body for metabolizing the foods which are incoming. To rephrase that quote from an article by Breslin 2014, Quote, taste drives a primal sense of acceptable or unacceptable for what is sampled. Taste combines with smell and tactile sensations to form flavors, which allows us to identify and recognize food items as familiar or novel. If familiar, we can anticipate the metabolic consequences of ingesting the food. If novel, we can use these sensory cues to learn about the physiological outcomes of ingestion. If the outcome is positive, taste will signal pleasure and reward, both directly from the pleasurable quantity of the taste itself, as well as from the associated metabolic consequences. So why is your brain an untrained dog? Quote, those who live in an environment of very low food security forage using taste to identify nutritious foods to eat, while those who live in an environment of abundant, palatable foods are guided by taste to overconsume calorically dense foods, which too often results in diabetes and obesity. That's by Breslin 2014. Sobertown, we are those people. We are those people who live in an environment of abundant, palatable foods. We are those who follow our ancestral instincts and senses toward the overconsumption of calorically dense foods. 
It is not our fault we seek these foods. This is just how we are wired. And so, our brain is an untrained dog, jittery and salivating, ready to jump out of its skin to maul five times the daily caloric requirements in one single meal. We think we are at an advantage, farming practices being what they are able to be to supply us with our own everything in absolute abundance no longer are seasons relevant by and large no longer are monetary restrictions relevant and the foods most incredibly dense in refined and compressed calories are often the cheapest and they're very available and available to us without even leaving our vehicles the truth is that we're not at an advantage when we provide the ability to consume in the manner our surroundings do, it is in direct opposition to the whole notion of our evolutionary traits. As we evolved over long periods of time, we developed the ability to taste and figure out the safest and most calorie-rich foods to survive. Now this ability is causing the directly opposite effect. Quote, our unique history has shaped us to carry taste preferences for sugars and acids that provide energy and vitamin C, as well as newly developed preferences for higher intakes of salt and starch. In addition, we have developed a taste for umami tasting fermented foods, which have the benefit of introducing more digestible nutrients and probiotic bacteria to our diet. Alcohol is the epitome of fulfilling the desires of our untrained brain. Enter the drunken monkey hypothesis. According to the drunken monkey hypothesis, our ancestors routinely ingested ethanol naturally produced in overripe fruit through the interaction of yeast and sugars. The consumption of ethanol in rotting fruit served multiple benefits to the creatures who consumed them. Aside from the likelihood of rotting fruit being more available while other animals passed on them, the ethanol provides close to double the calories as compared to the same weight in other carbohydrates. You want more? The alcohol not only provides additional calories itself, it also induces hunger, as you may have experienced. And so the monkey with the ethanol-laden fruit is at a further advantage in that it consumes more than it otherwise may due to the effects of the ethanol. And the final benefit to the monkey that is Fermented fruit gives a notable smell, and so it's easier to hunt out and forage through smell. Many other drugs, yes, alcohol is a drug, have a more recent history in human use and addiction, but alcohol seems to go way back, potentially tens of millions of years, back before we'd even branched out, according to the drunken monkey hypothesis. Protein and carbohydrates both contain roughly four calories per gram, while ethanol contains seven calories per gram. Questioning why the attraction? Drunken monkey aside, it's a highly calorie dense substance, and that is the ethanol alone, without the introduction of additional calories to make it seem palatable to a human being. What seems like a complicated topic is actually fairly simple. In chronological order, one, we evolve to seek calorie rich foods for survival purposes millions of years ago. Two, 
we recently rapidly alter our environment to supply ourselves with abundant food sources. A great move when done right. Three, some smart fuckwits capitalize on natural human desires and build outlets providing insanely calorie dense and nutrient poor foods for cheap, as well as tasty flavored ethanol at high concentrations with no limit on quantity as long as one can afford the product. Four, we neglect to inform people where we came from, what our natural tendencies are, and how to manage this in a healthy manner. Five, we overconsume. We get fat, we get diseased, heart disease, many types of cancer, diabetes, and more, all due not to genetics, but to our lifestyles which technically are due to our ancestral genes and attractions. And so attractions to come. Sobertown, we train, we build will and grit, we overcome alcohol, and we learn to tame the beast over a long and difficult period of time. We train our brain, we ingest nutrient-rich and calorie-logical foods, we live healthier, we live happier, we live better. The marketers will always be there to capitalize on our instincts. The governments will not tell you the unpopular truth. Our ancestral attraction to that which makes us sick will not go away. So we train our dog, we train our brain, we build new circuits, and we live. When we perceive a craving for anything, be it alcohol, be it sugar or otherwise, we can be fairly sure under normal circumstances, this is not your body and mind asking you to provide it with what it actually needs for health and good function. It is your brain requesting that which it thinks is necessary for survival, which is not the case anymore. So when your untrained dog zags left to go smell a big pile of shit, only you can redirect it where you know you are going and away from the turd-sniffing extravaganza. To simplify this, when your brain tells you to ingest bad food or to ingest alcohol, just know that it thinks it knows what is best, but due to a mental wormhole back to our ancestry, it is wrong. When we know it is wrong and that what we feel we want is not what we need, then we can better overcome the dog's desire to pull off course and spend some time with its nose in a big pile of crap to your left. Sobertown, it was never our fault, but we are not monkeys. You do not need to gorge on rotting fruit anymore. You do not need to live in a world of scarcity. You have been tricked by your own millions of years old ancestral drive for survival. You, Sobertown, do not need alcohol and are being fooled into thinking you actually do. You, Sobertown, do not need alcohol. Your brain is an untrained dog. Neurons that fire together, wire together. Train that dog to know that it will be fed that it's okay to wait, that it does not need to gorge on anything and everything within reach, that it can sit and wait and it will be happy and it will be okay. That is accelerated evolution, Sobertown. That is growth 
and accelerated evolution through tapping into our mind's sturdy ability to change and evolve its pathways. Pour the poison down the sink. Walk past the rotting fruit. Thanks, Sabertown. Catch you later.